I know a lot about golf. It's time for those weekend golf guys. Well, we're waiting. On SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Here's John Ashton and Jeff Smith. And it is us, those weekend golf guys, John Ashton in studio, and Jeff Smith on the road again. Never stays to home. Nope. Now on his way well, sort of. to the Hilton. I get back there a lot. Well, this is your <laughs> second home. Hilton Head is your home away from home. I love Hilton Head. Yeah. If you haven't been to Hilton Head, get there. Yeah. It is a one whale of a place. It is. It More is very nice. golf courses there that you can shake a stick at. Lots, lots of water. Yeah. Lots of scenery. Yeah. Too, alligators. Yeah, too many golf alligators. Yeah. It is a nice place. And for those who may never have had the occasion to spend some time in South Carolina, you need to put it on a list and get there because it's a very nice place to go and play golf, whether it be at the southern tip of South Carolina in Hilton Head Island or uh, up uh, Charleston area or farther north up Myrtle Beach. All very nice places to hang out and yeah. play lots of golf. Yeah. Lots of great golf. Uh, and, and he's going to be playing some great golf. But again, most of us in the country are still under some sort of a meteorological bad situation. Yeah. Uh, it's snowing or yeah. it's raining or it's flooding or it's cold. Even the desert golf courses in Southern California are being flooded at the moment. Yeah. They're, they're, they're calling Yuck. it an arc rain. It's it's a 40 days, bad. 40 nights kind of situation, and we feel very bad Ugh. for those people. Uh, if it's not dry and rainy or dry and, and uh, burning, it's wet and flooding. Maybe yeah. Southern California is not the place to be, <laughs> no matter what they told Jed Clampett. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but you know what? I left, uh, I left central Indiana today, uh-huh. and it was cold and snowy and yep. yet how about this just in the upcoming weekend next weekend we're at the sagamore golf club we are going to have a meeting for about all the junior golf stuff that we're going to do this summer and here we are it's going to be march 2nd and we're going to have a meeting about it i guarantee you it'll be cold and snowy yeah well good thing That's it's why kids going to Hilton Head now. they're resilient and they're tough uh, we're going right. to be talking again because of the weather most of us are living under on, um, you know, coming up with some practice scenarios and then coming up with a way to practice them without leaving the confines of your warm, toasty home. Because Jeff can do that. We all can do that. And we're going to talk about doing it and how you can do it when we come right back. We are live in the Cut Golf Studios. We are those weekend golf guys. We're not going anywhere. I hope you stay with us, too. There are some telltale signs that spring is coming. The swallows come back to Capistrano. Buzzards return to Hinkley, Ohio, and pitchers and catchers return to their team's training facilities, which is happening. And some of them are going out to the Cactus League spring training in uh, in Arizona. Fifteen teams, 10 stadiums, 75-degree temperatures. That's all you got to say. Most of us in the country right now, and all 10 stadiums are in the greater Phoenix area within 50 miles. And and the atmosphere is just so much more laid back. During the spring training, you can talk to the players. You can get autographs. You can see them. And, and also, you know that the Phoenix area is just known for great tour stuff anyhow. So bring the kids. There's water parks. And, of course, primary for me, there are golf courses. So get yourself some fun. Visit Arizona.com slash spring training. Check it out. Visit Arizona.com slash spring training. 
Visit Arizona.com slash spring training. Yeah, we're back. John Ashton here, Jeff Smith there on the way to Hilton Head Island, South Carolina for some golf. He refuses to use those optic yellow balls so he can't see the balls in the snow of Indiana. So there you go. That's right. That's right. And you know what? There are so many stinking golf courses down there that in Hilton Head area that I just love to play that I, I just had the opportunity and said, all right, Carr. That's you know it. the way. <laughs> Let's go, baby. It's made the trip on many an occasion. You know, a lot of people in my in my position would just get on a plane mm-hmm. and take the clubs, but you know, I want to bring extra stuff. Yeah. So I threw them in the back of the car, kissed my wife goodbye at seven o'clock this morning, got in the car, said, "I gotta go." <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I gotta go. I have a tea time calling my name. Yeah, and she kind of looked at me and went. <sighs> okay, I understand. Singing a rousing chorus of On the Road Again. My wife yeah. and I had a discussion I, last night. This is, I think, the longest, you know, not just weather, but some health situations reared their ugly yeah. head. But this is the longest I have gone without playing golf, I think, in my entire life. I haven't played oh, since no. the first week of October. Uh, yeah. Getting a little rusty. And I was I out. Get that. I was out cleaning up the garage the other day and saw my golf club sitting there and I just kind of stared longingly at them and <laughs> pulled out a couple and I decided, well, maybe I'll just clean the clubs. Maybe that'll make me feel good. I wonder if they were looking at you with a sigh of relief. <laughs> oh, you're a funny man. Yes, I am. You're a real card. And we'll deal with you later. But listen, that's right. it just got me to thinking that I could be swinging these. I mean, we've talked about it. I could be swinging these. There, there are. I have space in the garage. I have space in some of the rooms in the house. And was wondering. I know we talked a little bit about this with um, uh, Mr. Van Arsdale last week yeah. about his ten cup game and how you can practice that indoors. But are right. there any other scenarios that you can think of that you could look at yourself as going to be facing on the golf course this season because you know. That's going to happen. Good, good scenarios, troublesome scenarios, whatever. And and are there yeah. ways to practice those either in the house or in the backyard or someplace that does not necessitate going to a frozen and maybe not open golf course? Well, you know, there's there's a lot of truth in it. So let's let's talk to the con- part of the country right now that is not terribly cold, okay, and not covered in snow, right? Or water. The rest of you fellas up there that are terribly cold and covered in snow, I'm very sorry. But when it gets springtime for y'all, this is a good thing that you could do in the backyard. Right. So let's talk about pitching out the subtle art of not hitting the trees when you're trying to get out of them. Okay. (laughs) That's always helpful. it, It is always helpful. So let's talk about making sure that you get clean contact, making sure we're not having trouble with the, uh, with the grass uh, getting to the ball mm-hmm. and let's make sure that we've chosen the right kind of loft. You know, that's one of the biggest things I, I talk to people about when I throw balls, you know, we go down to a practice range on the side of the range and sometimes we get to the golf course and I'll throw balls down in scenarios that you know they're going to hit into. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, okay, given the fact that you're not going to use your foot wedge or pick it up and throw it out, 
you're going to use a golf club head to do this. <laughs> Count the stroke. Let's call that person John. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. Right. It, that's the we do that on this show, folks. This is the the collective you all that would do this. I have to name them someone. Of course. And so I just appropriately named them John. Yeah. Easy. So, Falls trippingly from the tongue. Uh, it it does. Yeah. So it, it's so it yes. No problem at all. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I get in there, and the first thing I'm talking about is, of course, what's the appropriate space to get your ball out of? How high does it have to fly? How low does it have to fly? What loft of club will produce that trajectory right away? This is where most people mess up. This is where many people just go in, and they take a high lofted club, put it back in their stance, and put it forward, and think that they're going to hit club that does not just leap up into the air and their ball position is usually not very good to hit a cleanly struck clipped shot that penetrates off above the grass and below the uh, branches right they just don't they usually don't take a six iron or a seven iron or something or an eight iron they, they take something a little bit too high and then they pick the club up and slam it down and all of a sudden they've got the ball shooting up in the air more than necessary so in these pitch shots from behind the trees, getting the right trajectory is the biggest thing. So let's think about the trajectory necessary from the ball position of the center of you so that the club can come in nice and shallow instead of coming in too steep mm -hmm. and having the ball climb up in the air very quickly. So advice, think about it. How low do you have to hit it? And think, can I get a club on it? And if I cannot get a club on it cleanly, then I move down until I can get a club on it cleanly, and then I choose the place that I have to hit it out to uh, based on the trajectory that I know it's going to come out with that club. So it does not smack the tree and come crashing down, and you wind up having it either, oh, we've all had this, uh, have it go behind us, because mm -hmm. uh, it smacked a branch and came back behind us. We had to dodge. So we didn't hit the two-shot two penalty, uh, which now in 2019 is no longer the case right. um, but we don't want to get hit and or it just comes down again near our feet or straight down and we've only advanced it say you know 15 20 feet but but then you've gotten rid of the branches problem <laughs> well we have gotten rid of the branches problem <laughs> just not the embarrassment problem that's true <laughs> <laughs> right so i'm glad that you're seeing the uh the glass half full there, John. That's great. Yeah, the eternal, <laughs> the eternal optimist. That would be me. Yeah, that's right. So the the biggest piece of advice there, in, in terms of pitching out, and, and is learn the trajectory of your of your clubs, and this is where you learn to do it. So pitch it out from under trees near the backyard, near the neighbor's yard. Please don't aim it at his house. Yeah, just in Same. case. Yeah. Disclaimer, 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 <laughs> don't name it at their house. <laughs> but in those gentle pitch shots where you're just trying to knock it out to the fairway, just look at the uh, the trajectory of the ball coming off the club. Look at that when you strike it cleanly on what that is so you'll have a good idea of how that can get to help you in the future, like when you get to the golf course. Yeah, and and for many of us, we're, we're a little bit, little confused right now. Because we're, we're, I love practice rounds. We get to the golf course, and everybody goes out, and they immediately think they've got to play for score. Uh huh. 
but you don't. You go out there and you play, and maybe you hit the drive off the tee, and then you go throw a few balls in some scenarios that you commonly find yourself hitting from. Mm -hmm. And then you work on your game on the golf course. And then on the holes that you do that on, don't, don't go to the green and putt out. Just move on. So that way you keep pace. Right. Well, your game got better, and then you didn't have to score right. See, on every hole. Because I, I knew there were some, some people who were kind of confused um, because the way you were talking, and it was like, well, wait a minute. Where am I doing this? What am I doing? Why would I do that in close to my neighbor's house? He doesn't live at the golf course. Uh, what we were talking about is practice. And in order for you to know at what level you hit the trajectory of your ball with what iron you use, you have to actually hit a bunch of balls in succession with the same iron and see how it works. Yes, yeah, indeed. Practice. Not just one time. And it's called yeah. practice. It is. Some watch, of us. Yeah. Watch how it comes off the club. Watch how high yeah. or low. Yeah. And um, it, it it's it's a thing. Trust me. Practice. It's a thing. And it doesn't take all that much time, and um, it actually helps you get better. Who'd have thunk it, huh? Who'd have thunk it? For years, I, I was told I've that, and I went, oh, I don't know. I don't know about this practice of which you speak, but hey, lo and behold, it works. Uh, more tips, more techniques, more inside secrets from the master. Coming up when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Hang out with us. You want to see how great a golf instructor Jeff Smith really is? It's very easy. $5golfclub.com. The number $5golfclub.com. I highly recommend the Cut Golf Matte Finished Golf Balls. They come in three colors, yellow, orange, and pink. All very easy to see. All very long off the tee. And if you chip and pitch and putt correctly, these things are going to check up when you need them to. They're going to roll out when you hit it right. They're going to roll true to the cup. And they're going to cost you $19.95 a dozen. It's a beautiful three-piece ball, and you're going to buy it direct from the manufacturer. That is why you're not going to spend 50 bucks for a dozen of these balls. $19.95 a dozen for cut, matte, orange, pink, or yellow balls. Direct from the manufacturer at CutGolfCo.com. That's CutGolfCo.com. I'm going to use these balls exclusively from now on. I love them, and so will you, no matter how well you play or how badly you play. This will be your favorite ball from here on out. Order a dozen at CutGolfCo.com. John Ashton, Jeff Smith, collectively known, Those Weekend Golf Guys, thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Nice place to go. And also uh, facebook.com slash golfguys. You can go there and pile on to the folks that uh, follow us and like us and listen to us and get some uh, some real useful stuff from us every week or so, every other day or whenever. Whenever, it's, whenever it moves us or behooves us to move you, We'll put something on the Facebook page and just like you being there and hope you enjoy it. Uh, any suggestions you have, ah, feel free to pass them along and we can take care of that too. Now, one of the things Jeff was talking about in, in the last segment was uh, hitting out from the trees. And he said something to me in passing last season that he, it was probably, it was just one of those little throwaway lines, 
but I actually listen to everything he says and take most of it to heart. Uh, I after, thought you edited it out. After I go, well, wait a minute, was he serious when he said that or was he just joshing? But uh, one of the things that you mentioned last year was that if you have an errant drive and after your drive you find yourself in the trees, that one of the techniques is to use a flat lofted club or a lower lofted club and aim to clear whatever mess you can so you keep it lo low lofted so that you hit it low. And you suggested maybe even using your driver again. I did suggest that. And I did it one time and man, it works wonderfully. So, so let's talk about that again. Okay. So let's think for a moment. We have a club that's not designed to launch all high in the air from its loft, but it has so much weight on the bottom of the club compared to the top of it that it actually, even when struck off the ground, will launch the ball into the air. Won't we'll get it high right away. Mm -hmm. But we it'll launch you know, knee high when it struck off the ground. Mm -hmm. And it's a really useful club. Yeah. Now, I even mentioned to people, I've even watched people use a putter. Generally speaking, it was an old one, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not one that they just got done paying and full of hundreds of dollars for, yes. just to be clear. Yes. Right? Again, another disclaimer. I've, I've seen people do it, right? I'm not going to advocate for that, yeah. but I have watched it happen. Yeah. And the reason I'm not going to advocate for it is because I don't want to see you damage a club by using it as it's not designed. And they design them with, they're certainly not stout shafts and hosels. No. So let's understand that you could be doing some damage, but mm -hmm. it will keep your ball low. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can advance it relatively far because it does not have very much loft on it at all. I've watched a guy do it. Mm -hmm. The trouble is, is if you could break it. Yeah, easily. So I never, I never advocate for the putter. Right. Yeah, go ahead. When using your driver, where where is the ball best positioned in, in your stance to keep it low? Because you don't okay, you, so you don't want it to get, you know, fifty, sixty feet in the air if you're no. in the trees. Well, not not initially. Yeah. Right? It'll it'll climb a little bit, right? So what you're gonna do is you're gonna have the ball just barely left of center. Okay. And you're gonna swing it back shallow and relatively low to the ground. Mm -hmm. and you're going to come through and clip the ball coming in shallow and finishing shallow, relatively low to the ground. And what you get there is you get a ball that leaps off, like I said earlier, about knee high and goes out there like a scalded dog and runs and runs and runs and runs and runs. Mm -hmm. Because there's not a lot of loft on it. There's a long shaft on it. And you can knock it out of the trees in pretty good order. So keep in mind, if you understand the properties of your driver, there's usually they're built with a lot of weight and mass at the bottom, thus helping you launch it a little bit higher than you normally would think you could. Right. But it doesn't immediately leap off the ground. So I actually did a really cool video on this one time. I was in Pinehurst. And I was at, at, uh, at Mid Pines on hole number five, which is a par five. And I 
hit my ball into the pine trees on the right. Mm-hmm. And I had this shoot of open this opening about five feet wide for about 40 yards in front of me with trees lining both sides. But I decided I could rip it right through that hole. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did a little video about how to hit the driver out of the trees. And so I went about it, talked about how to do it, just like I just did, smacked it right out of the trees. The ball never got higher than about chest high total. Mm -hmm. And it was the second shot on a par five, and my third shot was a wedge, and I popped it on the green, made a putt after punching it out through the trees. Yeah. You really really look like you know what you're doing when you uh, recoup yourself on a, on a hole like that after hitting a drive into the trees and everyone goes, oh, well, you want to try another one? <laughs> no. I got this, man. I got this. Right. And then hope that you got this <laughs> when you get there. But but with the new <laughs> rules, right. but with the new rules, it's easier because if you have any sticks or loose impediments around the ball, you can move them now, can't you? Yeah, but you know, you can't move the ball no not the ball but if you got a bunch of uh if if where was i uh, before i was so rudely interrupted there um yeah but but you know a lot of times when you get into the trees you've got you know little pebbles or you've got sticks or rocks and stuff that you can now not have to worry about hitting them with your club you can move them out the way right hello can you hear me right yeah because yeah i can hear you okay yeah you know one of the best parts about about some of these new rules is they've made it easier on a common sense. Yeah. Thing, yeah. You know, so it used to be there's certain things you couldn't move and, and if you moved them, we had trouble and now it's there. They've made it a little bit easier on it. So I'm happy about some of those rules that have made it easier. On yeah. I would, however, like to caution you that, that because you are like me, a recreational golfer, um, you probably won't get the breaks that really good golfers get. Did you happen to see Justin Thomas doing this very same thing that we're talking about in the final round no. of uh, of the Genesis Open this weekend? He was I did not tell he was that. shooting out of the trees. He uh, he hit a drive. It was on that uh, short three hundred yard par four, so his drive was almost at the green, and it yeah. just he just pushed it into the left quite a bit, and it was in the trees, the left of the green. And he don't know. I don't know what club he took. It was an iron of some sort, and he kept the tra- trajectory extremely low. However, it hit the side of the tree, ricocheted off the side of the tree onto the green, and rolled up to about three feet from the cup. Just like he planned it. Yeah, yeah. Those are breaks we don't get. <laughs> we hit the tree, and it comes back and hits us. Okay. Yeah. Just that's you're what right. You got to plan for because that's what's going to happen. But now, want to go back to impressive though. control of of him. You know, to have that much control over his golf ball to hit just that exact right spot. That's it. I mean, little bank shot. I don't know if he called it or not, but I thought the rules say yeah. that you have to. Um, the uh, little experience talking here. If you do go into your backyard and get into the trees and try that driver trick, don't use a shag ball. Don't even use one of those faux golf balls, the almost golf balls. Right. Uh, because if you hit it as you would hope to hit it, it'll probably be from your backyard into the middle of Interstate 64 like mine was. 
Use <laughs> use a ping pong ball, okay? <laughs> it was like, wow, I had no idea that ball would go that far. Yeah, it did. <laughs> so did that come back and uh, did that come back and bite you when you clobbered that car? No, the, actually, it missed everything. That's good. Or I, or I was inside in time, so no one knew it was me. I'm not quite sure which happened, but one of those scenarios is true. <laughs> uh, any other caveats about practice that you'd like to throw out there, Mr. Man? Well, of course. <laughs> you know, as, as we talk about you know, practice, let's yeah. just talk about the time frame. You know? like we're under one, and so let's talk about the time frame that we have, and let's be smart about the practice that we choose the so okay. let's say that you've got just a small amount of time mm-hmm. the most important thing that you can practice and you're at the course so again not the part of the world that's under snow right now but you can go to a golf course right what is it that you should be practicing to make your golf game better a lot of times it's just go out there and hit some pitch shots pitch. the high soft shot around the green mm-hmm. where your hands are working slide the club under the ball and you work on your touch but at the same time you're hitting pitch shots john you're also working on all of the elements of the bottom of a full golf swing so the better you pitch the better you will strike and the better you pitch the better you will also chip Mm -hmm. because you're learning touch right you're learning some feel you're learning how heavy the club is and how you're wielding into a golf ball so even though we're under under the you know, a tight time frame when we go out and practice, pick the thing that can do you the most good before you go out and play. You know, one of the things that you just said is kind of confusing to many of us is you said, while you're practicing the pitch, you're also improving the chip. Now, many of us look at those two things as almost synonymous. And, once you learn that there are severe differences between the two, not only of how to do them, but when to use them, your short game improves substantially. Oh, yeah. So I would say that if when we come right back, we spent some time delineating between pitches and chippers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It might be a help to many of us when we finally do get our butts out to the golf course. And we're going to do that when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Hang with us. Why don't you follow us on Twitter? It's very easy. Just go to twitter.com. We are at WKND Golf Guys. That is it. WKND Golf Guys on Twitter. Follow us. We'd love it. There are some telltale signs that spring is coming. The swallows come back to Capistrano. Buzzards return to Hinkley, Ohio, and pitchers and catchers return to their team's training facilities, which is happening. And some of them are going out to the Cactus League spring training in uh, in Arizona. Fifteen teams, 10 stadiums, 75-degree temperatures. That's all you got to say. Most of us in the country right now, and all 10 stadiums are in the greater Phoenix area within 50 miles. And and the atmosphere is just so much more laid back during the spring training. You can talk to the players. You can get autographs. You can see them. And, and also, you know that the Phoenix area is just known for great tour stuff anyhow. So bring the kids. There's water parks. And, of course, primary for me, there are golf courses. So get yourself some fun. Visit Arizona.com slash spring training. Check it out. 
Visit Arizona.com slash spring training. Visit Arizona.com slash spring training. John Ashton, Jeff Smith, and you all together, those weekend golf guys, thank you for being here, checking us out, listening to us. Should you ever miss one of these, feel free to check us out at uh, thoseweekendgolfguys.com. We archive all of our shows there. You can go there and you can uh, you, you subscribe for free to the show so that we'll tell you when there's a new episode available online. You can do that should you ever miss anything because there's all kinds of gems imparted every single week. Like we were just discussing a few moments ago here in the Cut Golf Studios that there is a difference between pitching the ball and chipping the ball. And and many of us go, uh, really? I did not know that. Yeah. What are the differences? What are the differences in how you swing? What are the differences in, in clubs you use? What are the differences in scenarios in which you use one or the other? So let's think about a chip shot. Okay. Sometimes we call them a bump and run where the club bumps into the ball and the ball flies off low, hits the ground and then begins to run Mm -hmm. or roll a lot. Right. Those a chip and a bump and run are synonymous in, in golf language. Okay. It, it has a lot of ground time, but not a lot of air time and flies low to the surfaces. Okay. That's a chip right. or a bump and run. Okay. A pitch, however, is one where the ball has a lot of air time and significantly less ground time. Okay. And usually it's higher than, say, knee height, chest high, head high. We toss it up into the air and let it roll after that. Mm-hmm. That's what we call a pitch shot, mm-hmm. much like a toss shot. Right. How's that? Okay. Uh, other people have called them lob shots. Mm-hmm. And then there's that infamous blend of the two, the pitch and run. Yeah. Done see? with a club, like, say, a nine iron or a pitching wedge, where it's actually up into the air more, but then rolls out a lot. Mm-hmm. So there's multiples of different types of those shots that we call but then there's the time, hey, when do I use this? Hey, Jeff, when do I use a chip versus a pitch? Right. All right, so let's paint a scenario for you. Okay. All right, let's paint a scenario that you have to, the balls or the club is, say, uh, you're, you're in one spot, and um, you've got a, a, a shot that's, say, up over a hill and, say, 15 yards away but it would be difficult to fly it to that place and stop it at the same time. Okay. But you can bump it onto the green and let it roll like a putt to that area. Mm -hmm. Now all of a sudden you think, okay, a chip would be appropriate here. Something low and on the ground, not affected by wind, let's say. Mm -hmm. Let's say you're playing in some gusty winds. And normally you would toss one up into the air and let it land softly. 
which case that would be a high floating kind of shot. Generally speaking, on high wind days, that's really not that great of an idea. Is <laughs> yeah, you probably should rethink it. Yes, indeed. Right. Yeah. So we have these types of shots for different scenarios. When would a chip not be so appropriate? And a pitch be far more appropriate? Oh, let's say when you must get it up into the air over something, whether it be bunker, whether it be uh, a, a little hard spot on the green, or where you have to get it onto the green and land it softly. Like, for example, if you were pitching down the hill mm -hmm. and the pin was on your half of the green, not the far half of the green to right. you. So you needed to toss it gently into the air and let it trickle down toward the hole. So more air time than ground time, but also it has to land softly. Right. So you need some trajectory to help it instead of just popping it low and letting it run like a putt. So you have options of shots, but there are times when one is more appropriate than the other. Indeed. So it's basically yeah. a, a difference in whether you need the ball to run once it hits the green or, or check up more quickly when it hits the green. And a lot of it depends on how good the player is with one shot or the other as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Why does why do we play certain shots? Well, if you're, let's say you're a young high school kid, and you're in love with your lob wedge, and so everything you do is tossing it in the air to a certain place and letting it trickle toward the hole, and you become good at it. And you barely ever practice a bump and run shot, and then all of a sudden you're faced with something, and you have a choice of a bump and run shot could get the job done or a pitch shot in the air and gets the job done, guess which one you're going to try? The one you're good at. That's right. Yeah. The one you're good at. Yeah. Right? So my advice to everybody out there, especially those young kids who are out there trying to compete, uh, learn both. Mm -hmm. Be adept at both of those kind of shots because you are going to run into a scenario where that high softy isn't quite the one and a low runner is yeah so work on them both guys work on them both i have heard that uh the the phrase a bad putt will get you closer than a good chip on many occasions when you're talking to you know not non-professional <laughs> uh you know once a week twice a week kind of golfers who don't practice a whole lot when when do you yeah. suggest or do you suggest that maybe we practice when we're you know three four feet off the green on the apron on a you know not not in a gnarly lie but someplace where you could make good contact with a ball with a putter even though you're not on the green should we try and tend to try to just use the putter instead of chipping or pitching well John, I too have heard that sentence come out of a lot of people's mouths. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, is it depends. It depends on the skill of the player. Mm -hmm. Let's just say that they never hit a putt from off the green. And they're an excellent chipper. Well, that's true. Right. You always so go there's with your a scenario strength. where that doesn't apply. Yeah. But let's 
let's just say that a, a person has become equally proficient in the chip, the pitch, and the putt from off the green. Mm -hmm. And now which one would you use? And I would say it depends on the scenario. Let's just say that the putt is an option when there's not a lot of rough or bouncy ground in front of it. And mm -hmm. it could work. Mm -hmm. And you can cleanly get a club on the back of it. Right. Yeah, that's the operative consideration Right. for most of us. Is that, if, that scenario right there, what's, yeah. what's going to impede the shot? As long as you're not in any so, heavy, thick grass, you'll be fine. Right. Yeah. But there are many people who have succeeded in the short game in putting from all over the place because they practiced it. Ooh, but if they haven't practiced it, there's that word again. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. But if they haven't practiced it, then I don't think that that sentence really applies to them. Is that you know a, a bad putt will still be better than a, a bad chip or whatever the sentence is? Yeah. You know, the good bads always kind bad, of get bad putt gets you closer than a good chip. Yeah. Um. I. I, I would disagree with sentences that are that broad-based well, because it doesn't refer to the skill level of each right. player. So it goes down to what can you do, John? You've got a choice and do you sense that you could putt it? And there are those who would teach if you can putt it, then putt it. And if you can't putt it, then chip it. Mm -hmm. And if you can't chip it, then pitch it essentially making people think that the pitch is the hardest of the three shots. Okay. And truth be told, it may not be. Again, it depends on what you've practiced and what you're proficient at. Right. Um, right. I know that uh, I, have, I have played with guys on occasion who have gotten into scenarios like this, and they, they putt it, but they use like a hybrid Yeah. instead of their putter. Because maybe and there's... so what happens is it pops up in the air a little bit more. The mm -hmm. hybrids have a little lower center of gravity on them relative to its loft. Yep. Putters have a low center of gravity, of course, but they also only have three, four, five, six degrees of loft on them yep. at the most. Yep. And a lot of hybrids are up in the, the teens to the 20s in the, in the loft category, so they can have that big heavy sole plate scoop across the ground and, and popping the ball up in the air with a little bit more loft. And then so they, they've learned to putt with those because it does pop it up and it rolls out well like the putt. So yeah, there's yet another thing that you could become proficient. If you practice, none of this stuff is it's not a good idea for any of these to uh, try them when it counts. You know, when when <laughs> when you're you're in a round with somebody and you may be playing for something a little more serious and grins and giggles, you may not at that point want to, hey, let's see how this works. Okay, that's not what you want to do. The let's see how this works all should be done prior to getting out on the course with some serious intentions. Okay? Yep. Um, and I know there's nothing worse, as my dad used to tell me, it's nothing worse than a reformed drunk, but I am a reformed non-practicer who, who has realized the error of my ways. Okay? So, I was... Many years have been wasted 
because yeah. you refused to practice. Yeah. Well, not All wasted. I still have. Well, not wasted, but certainly <laughs> awful lot more frustration. That's true. A lot more frustration. Than necessary. You'd have been much happier in golf. Uh-huh. Had you met me and let me pound this into your head a bunch of years earlier. <laughs> That's right. Where were you? It's all your fault. <laughs> um, well, given the age difference between us, <laughs> hey, 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 I guess in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Okay, uh, but but let that be a lesson to you. No matter what point you are at in your game, or how old you are, or anything like that, take a lesson and practice. Okay, because you don't know what to practice unless you go to somebody who knows what you're doing wrong. So so go find your local friendly PGA professional and if you don't have a local and friendly one that you feel comfortable with check out Jeff Smith online through us here thoseweekendgolfguys.com or $5golfclub.com okay uh, cuz he's here for you guys yeah. and girls all right so yep. and uh, always those, glad to help and as soon as uh, again the the weather becomes conducive um, we will be starting up again his uh, weekly tutorials online, the Golfinars live on Facebook with Jeff the Man Smith, comma PGA. So that's how it goes yep. there. Keep your ears and eyes open for that, ladies and gentlemen, because they will be coming. And keep your eyes and ears open for us because we will be coming back. We are those weekend golf guys, and we've got more for you. Just a second, don't you move. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golfguys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us. We'd love it even more if you'd go there and follow us. And you want to make us real happy, just go there and interact with us. Facebook.com slash golfguys. You want to see how great a golf instructor Jeff Smith really is? It's very easy. $5golfclub.com. The number $5golfclub.com. You watch golf on TV, you're going to see golf ball commercials, and you're going to see pros like Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, telling you you should buy the golf ball that they think is the absolute best. And I wonder, how much do they pay these guys? And then I realize, you know, the golf ball companies don't pay these guys. We do. Every time we pay $40, $45, $50 for a dozen golf balls that someone told us is the absolute best, a large chunk of that goes to these guys who are already millionaires. A top-of-the-line, tour-quality, four-piece, urethane-covered golf ball that's long off the tee and easy to control around the greens should cost you about 20 bucks for a dozen. And if you buy it from Cut Golf, that's exactly what it will cost. CutGolfCo.com. Use the coupon code Weekend Golf Guys, and it will cost you even less than twenty bucks. I can get you two bucks off every dozen you buy. The more you buy, the more you save. I just made that phrase up. CutGolfCo.com. Use the code Weekend Golf Guys. So to recap, chips are different than pitches. You can practice at home. Develop some scenarios in your head that you know you're going to see on the course when you get out there this season and try to uh, to learn what to do. You know it's inevitable you're going to be in the trees. So practice at home how to get out of the trees better. Or go to a golf course and just practice getting out of their trees. Hide there as other groups come by and just sit there and get out of the trees when there's no one around. Uh, the whole idea here is you want to you want to de- decide what you need to work on and work on it prior to 
the weather breaking for most of us. No matter where you live, there's bad weather somewhere. It's either too cold or it's too wet or it's too windy. Except look Florida. At yourself, look at yourself in a in a in a honest, a brutally honest, critical manner, and say, "All right, what what do I what do I really cost myself in terms of the, the penalties that cost my game? What are they? Uh, how good am I at getting out of trouble after getting into it? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are my scenarios that make me frustrated as a golfer?" And, and start going after those parts of the game early so that way you can have more fun for the rest of the year because at least you've worked at the part that you were not able to do well. But find a way to practice on the golf course instead of just thinking, I've paid my money, therefore I must play and score each hole. That's mm-hmm. not true. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're paying your money and going out there to practice on the golf course to make the rest of your golf better because you are still out there for four hours moving along, but who says that you have to play from tee to green and hit every single shot? All you have to do is be out there and keep up with the group ahead of you. Mm -hmm. So even if you don't hole out, work on bunker shot to pitch shot to chip to flop around the back of the greens to punch it out in between, as long as you're finishing and being on the next tee in the time that you're supposed to be and right on the heels of the guy in front of you, then you're in good shape. Think about it that way. Just a, a couple of quick reference points on some techniques. Jeff's got a number of videos available at $5golfclub.com. You can check them out there and then know what to practice, all right? Or you can just go to thoseweekendgolfguys.com and ask Jeff a question. You can go to facebook.com slash golfguys and ask Jeff a question or whatever. And follow us on Twitter, too, at WKNDGolfguys. And uh, just be here about this time every week. And again, if you miss us, thoseweekendgolfguys.com. So figure out what you're not going to be able to do right or do well. Figure out how to do it well. Go practice it. And then later, go play some golf. <laughs>